Hello and welcome to a very special podcast. Uh, I am your host, Billy. I am joined in this very great celebration of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweets four years. Uh, I am joined by the great leader, the higher power, the big cheese. I'm sure there's many other names, um, ones I probably can't can't say on, on this medium. It's Stephen Wilson. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Billy. Thanks for having me. Yes, there's many... Many names that people have used for me in the past. I could be here all day with some of the insults I've had thrown at me over the years. I was going to say, that's probably the nicest intro you've had in quite a while. The, the, the higher power one is one from the archives. I do remember that. And then as the years have went, the last four years have went by, it's just descended downwards and downwards and downwards. And yeah, I get some brutal ones, but I take it in the chin, as we all know. Uh. I'm, I'm sure you do. Uh, so yeah, this is a, a very special celebration episode of what well, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet SWN. It's a sort of simulcast. It's like uh, I'll, I'll say I'm Nitro, you can be Raw, and uh, we're we're trying to just just celebrate yourselves. Just give yourself a bit of a pat on the back and just uh, just talk about the history of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Uh, four years though, has has time flown? Uh. Yeah, especially in the last two or so, for other, for other reasons other than the podcast. Uh, ah, it's, 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 it's a mental one. It's, I can't, when I first started, I was like, right, if, I, if I can keep this going for maybe like a year or so, I might get bored there. You know, other people might get bored there. But no, fair play. It's kept going. Everybody seems to still enjoy it the same, the same way they used to. And it's expanded all the time. So yeah, it's, I feel like it's just getting stronger. So let's go right back to the start then, as as all good stories do. Uh, what made you decide to start Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet? Well, you kind of you alluded to it in the past, Billy, when you spoke to Quacko. Quacko obviously gave you some of the details, but uh, I co- it, it, it stemmed from our uni days in a way. So I kind of like myself, Quacko, David Hockney, Stacey, and a couple of the other past pod members, Josh Hong and James Murphy, were quite pally at yeah, uni and stuff. Me and Dave did our own radio show as well, where we talked quite a lot about wrestling on it. Uh, we called it Tables, Ladders and Tunes, which you may appreciate. Uh, couldn't really transition that Couldn't transition that into the podcast name because we played music and just talked about wrestling in between. So it was like, yeah, wrestling podcast can't get that. But anyway, we wanted some way to kind of talk about wrestling. So started up a blog. As lot, a few other ones who are not never really made it to the pod jump. And in 2017, I ran an event at Strathclyde Uni. It was like a, I was an alumni radio broadcast for charity. We went 36 hours straight doing that one. I had a show every hour for that full spell. It was quite a task. It was something else, but. Uh, there was a lot of guys that did that who were quite into wrestling, and there was a lot of... Uh, I interviewed Mark Dallas as part of that uh, stream as well, so there was a kind of a bit of an appetite from us in Strathclyde Fusion, that's a radio station name, to do something. And obviously I did the wrestling blog, so I was like, why don't I make it in a podcast? So I got a lot of the same guys that I did originally from the blog days. We had... We'd, Dabbled with doing the idea a few months before it, never really got away of doing it. It was before, obviously, the big Zoom buzz and everything with the current pandemic stuff. Uh, Skype wasn't as good as it is now. And um, yeah, we kind of, because we got a, a space to record in every week, Wednesday, we went, we're going live. That's how we got the podcast started. And then it's just transitioned from there. That was back in 
October 2017 now, yeah, four years ago. So, um, because I'm a terrible host, I haven't even told people they can get their comments in and questions. So, if you want to get, your, if you're listening and watching live uh, right now, you can get your comments in and you can get your questions to Stephen, and we'll we'll ask pretty much anything. Uh, yeah, I'm, sure yeah, I, 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 I'm an open book. You can ask me anything. I don't really. I, I'm 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 waiting for it. I know there's some guys in the pods that will be dying to stitch me here. So. <laughs> That, that's why I'm just putting 90% of them. Oh, hang on, we've got our first one in. Uh, yeah, so I knew this one was coming in from Kwaku. Uh, why, so for those who are listening, why wasn't he invited to the first show and do you regret the decision ever since? Oh, I regret the decision bringing him in since. If I had to. <laughs> <laughs> and no, in all seriousness, uh, why well, didn't invite Kwaku the first one? We actually did a recording. We briefly had a link up with a community radio station in Bishop Briggs. Essentially, it didn't really work out. There's a lot of other reasons for it. It was a whole big thing, but we recorded a couple of recordings there. I don't know if I still got them somewhere on my laptop. They never really saw the light of day. They were very unstructured. You wouldn't know we did it, but Kwaku actually did that recording. He was there for that. And then we did our first show on Eddie Guerrero, and I can't, I really can't remember why. I think he asked to be in it. I said, I'm going to have this, I'm going to have Dave, and I'm going to have somebody else. And then I think Kwaku showed, arrived at the studio like 15, 20 minutes into his recording and just kind of sat there and watched it. And I was like, I hadn't done the student radio and donkeys and I'm trying to work the, the, the dial was on the DJ booth and I'm just like, yeah, this this is not the way it used to be. I was trying to put the volume up. If you listen to episode one, it starts off with a very, very loud uh, rendition of the Usos theme music because this is just me trying to get the angle of the dial. So it starts quite quiet. I went to my bed and I just go, Usos! So I was like, yeah, if I want to host this, I kind of need some help. And then Kwaku was there ever since when we did it before the pandemic, pretty much. Kwaku was on hand for technical support live as we did as we recorded face-to-face. Takes a bit more of a backseat. He doesn't really, he does kind of the the back house stuff now. He's not as much on the recordings because of other reasons. But yeah, I pretty much, I don't know why I, to answer Kwaku's questions, I don't know why I didn't bring you on. I'm glad that I kept you in there because it's bombing bailed me out of jail so many times. But um, no, I, I know from my own experience trying to work at a desk, I did hospital radio for a bit and you, you don't, I don't think you re- when you listen to radio now, uh, after doing that, you, you kind of give a little bit more appreciation to how they can do it live and make it sound normal. Whereas we are like going, buttons, uh, okay, I need to put it down so I can speak. I've done a whole show, I did an hour of a, a hospital radio show where I didn't. I was turning up the wrong dial, so nobody could hear me. I was just turning up and down the the music, and not actually turning up and down my mic. It was ah. a very, very embarrassing day for me. Uh, so, it's one of those things. But so you're doing kind of all the the audio stuff like in there at the time, which I suppose made it a little bit easier for editing. Uh, was did you find that easier to do that, or did you find it was a lot more difficult to actually edit out bits because you were mixing at the same time? Uh, it was it was good to have Kwaku there because Kwaku was good at keeping an eye on the stuff because when we originally put it out, it was a different product that we had a live there because we were going out live on the Strathclyde Fusion stream. So everything was, we did everything like built for radio. Nowadays, as you know, Billy would pre-record a lot of the stuff. So it's a lot easier to do the editing side of things because you've got a, bit, a lot of time. But when you're going live, it's kind of like you're thinking on your feet and you're kind of you know that you're gonna if you say something a bit iffy, it's gotta be out there in the ether, and you can you you can 
cut it when we put it on the podcast feed, but it, it was handy enough that most of us had done, a couple of us had done the the, the radio stuff at uni. So we kind of had an idea of how the systems worked, like Audacity and that type of stuff we'd used it for, for many years. So that side of stuff was a bit easier. It was more the kind of jumping between radio and podcast plus, you know, by getting putting things out pretty much right away. We would, we would put it out on the Wednesday, release it on the Thursday. So we didn't really take a lot of breath. And that's, a, that's quite a common thing, obviously, for radio stations because they've got quite a big team and that type of stuff. But we were literally sometimes... Doing the podcast, finishing at seven. A lot. Sometimes we would go for a pint, you know, go for a pint after it. We would be coming home about 10, half 10, 11 o'clock. And if maybe Kwaku, maybe myself, sometimes if Kwaku was busy, we'd have to do a brief edit of this thing at like 10, half, 11 o'clock at night because we were always like, no, we need to get this out first thing for everybody. And it was just like, now it's just like, yeah, we'll record a couple of weeks in advance and we'll just try and get something out. But yeah, it's, it's tr- it's so much better polished though over the time because the first ten or so episodes we do are so rough. They were so rough to listen back to. I've got one episode, I think it's episode three or episode two, that if you listen to it back, you just can't listen to it anymore because it's just the sound quality is terrible. Because I don't think we get the mics connected properly. That's, I think there was an issue with the mic connections, so we all sound so ruffled. It's just. It's cringe to look back on it because you look at listen to some of the stuff we put out now as sharp as it. Um, absolutely. I mean, again, I'm 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 got sympathy for you. I mean, when I started, I only started mine last year, so I only started doing this properly last year. I did bits and pieces of, of older stuff, which are which are on Patreon if anyone wants to go find them. But uh, <laughs> the same thing. If you if I go listen back to something I did in 20, 2017, and I go, that wasn't me. That wasn't me who did that. Surely it wasn't because he's awful. I mean, I could listen to his stuff last week and I'll think the same thing, but it's it's a little, like it's, three years ago, you're thinking, no, 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 definitely not. It's hard to listen back to yourself at times. I find, I find sometimes you listen back to some of the stuff you say, you're like, oh no, why did I say that? I mean, because you ah, released a lot of, ah, you've seen yourself, Billy, I was doing a bit of digging into some old intros recently and I listened back to some of the intros and it's just, ah, what, what am I doing? Everybody says to me, I don't you, you're from Elgin, Billy, so you understand this one. A lot of people say to me, Why do you put on accents when you're on podcasts? I don't know if you ever noticed this. I get a lot of things. A great story is in mine and my fiance's engagement party. Uh, a couple Alan McLucas and Quacku arrived to the engagement party and I go, uh, I'm introducing them uh, like to my mum and dad, and it was like, Oh, this is Alan, this is Quacku. And my dad goes out to Quacku, you're the guy that does the podcast every week with Stephen. He's like, Yeah, he's like why does he put on accents all the time? <laughs> I'm like, oh god, I'm, I don't realise I'm doing it. I sound dead normal when I'm. It's because I'm thinking while I'm speaking. So when I think, I kind of talk like this, and that's kind of what it comes from. I get it. It's like when you in every tell retell a story that you're yourself are involved in. Um, for some reason, my my voice, my accent, my own voice when I mock it is thicker Scottish than it actually is. So I'm just like, oh, and I said to him, nee, 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 and I'm like, I don't sound like that anyway. So why would I why would I make up a voice for myself for the story that I'm telling about myself? I absolutely get that. Um, so you're building a team. You're building a team at ESSR because you know mm-hmm. I've, I've got I've got like half structure when I'm doing recordings. You'll know for if you've listened to any episode of my own podcast, it's just it starts off as a structure and then tails off very quickly. But uh, so you built your team initially. ESSR was there any? You had your radio guys, um, the guys you. you 
obviously uh, come up with. Um, what was? How did you expand then? How did you end up bringing uh, other folk on board? Because you've got quite quite a big team at ESSR. Yeah, I was kind of people. I'm, I'm sometimes a bit too ambitious, but I quite like the idea of a big team because I think sometimes if you listen to something weekly, month, whatever. If you hear sometimes the same voices all the time, you might sometimes get a bit sick of it. It's different for yourself, Billy. Obviously, you're a one-man band most of the time. It's just, you know, obviously, people tune in for you speaking to people. But when it's a panel discussion-type format that we've got, you don't essentially want the same five people talking about the subject because eventually you'll start repeating stuff. That's why I wanted kind of a bigger group of people. So a lot of the ones to begin with were quite self-explanatory. Uh, Dave, David Hockney. Uh, everybody knows David Totten. David is one of my best pals. I've been friends with David Totten for 11 years. We did the same course at uni together. Two courses at uni together, actually. So he was an obvious one. Kwaku and Stacey I met the year after. I've known them for 10 years. Uh, and I've known Josh quite a lot, who was part of the podcast at that time as well. Uh, I never knew Kwaku. Kwaku was this himself. I never knew Kwaku liked wrestling for so long. It was mental. When I found that he liked wrestling, I was so shocked. Uh, some of the other ones just kind of came together in different ways um, when we were on Twitter we had uh, interaction, we, we, we got quite a good relationship and they followed us with the Glasgow University Pro Wrestling Society so we started talking to a bunch of guys from them and that's how we recruited some of the folk from there uh, Nathan Fisher who used to be a, a member of our team and current members of the team uh, Andy Mitchell and the egotistical one I'm not joking now. David Campbell, uh, I've stemmed from the Glasgow Uni side of things. And then a lot of the other ones are just through kind of like relationships we kind of built up with people we use, people like guys we had in, they were like, I know this guy is into wrestling, so they can come involved. So uh, Ross McLeod, I played five sides with Ross McLeod because I was childhood friends with his cousin. And every Monday night we would play five sides, and eventually we, struck, we found out that we both liked wrestling. So it was like Monday night after a pay-per-view or before Raw, we just sit we before playing seven aside, we talk about the wrestling. And one a few few times I had some opens on the panel and I invited them in and I, he got consistently involved, and that's how he became a member. Uh he lamped his his uh his brother in. So that's why he's in he's in uh so that's how Scott got involved. A couple of them are family members, uh, Gary and Derek Kernan. Uh, they're both uh, my cousins. But I'm an only child, so that side of our family, there's only, apart from Gary's son now, there's only three guys, three boys, and it was us three. And we were all into football, we're up the ball, but the three is we're into wrestling. So they got involved through that side of things. Uh, a few people we talked at shows, we eventually got in. Uh, Sarah, for example. Uh, Sarah, who met through ICW shows and all the Scottish wrestling shows. She was a very early fan of the wrestle, of the pod. We really liked the, what she brought in terms of knowledge. So that's how she came in. Alan McLucas was really, really good friends with Kwaku beforehand. Him and Kwaku are best friends. Uh, Kwaku was one of the wedding party at his wedding. Uh, Kwaku said, I've got a friend who's really into wrestling. So that's how Alan came on board. Uh, so there was a lot of stuff like that. I'm trying to remember. Strack. I worked with Strack at uh, Curry's before I went. I got my current job when I was at uni. There was three of us who were always talked about wrestling. And again, I had a spare uh, shot one day. He came in. We really, really liked what Strack did, and that's how he came on board. So the early stuff was really word of mouth. 
And then a couple of years ago, we trialed a what we did recently, Billy, with the kind of we put out an open invitation to people to try and come aboard. We thought we'd be there for two years, we're quite established. Let's try and bring uh, some more people on board. And we got some really strong names from that. I forgot about Ryan Gallagher. Sorry, Ryan Gallagher. I met on see, I mentioned the Strathclyde uh, Fusion Alumni Day. Ryan came on board from that. He initially backed out, but then came back on board. So that's how Ryan got involved in. But the open invitation, the first one we did, we got uh, Chris Murray came in. Uh, Chris Murray was actually the, the station manager at Strathclyde Fusion. I mean, myself and David were there. So technically, if anybody is responsible for the podcast, it's Chris Murray, because Chris Murray gave us a chance to do uh, radio. And then we got so that's in. the end of the podcast. We'll get Chris in, and uh, Chris is going to do something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Chris is it. But yeah, that one invitation we got uh, also got Jack Graham. We got Daniel Campbell, who is brilliantly producing this uh, video or live here. We got, uh, oh, shoot, shoot. Uh, we also got uh, Ryan Wilson on that one. And then we've got uh, Grant McRobbie. Oh, he came in just after that as well. Grant, we also met at shows. We really, we, mentioned, we had him in a couple of times as a guest, but his knowledge of stuff that was a bit more niche, New Japan, UK scene stuff was great to have on the edition. And then recently, we obviously had a similar recruitment drive uh, to bring some new faces on board, such as Callum Bennett, Tom McManus, and of course yourself, Billy. You're obviously contributing some stuff now to us. So I, I am, yes. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, it was after our, our, my chat with Kwaku. Um, it was literally, I think, I chatted, had a chat with them, and then you put out the the post about getting on board, and I was just like, ah, you know what? Why not? Really, because I don't have a lot of friends, <laughs> the wrestling fans. That's the weirdest thing. Uh, like yourself, you've got a big community. I think it's mainly because it's more more populated area uh, down mm. down. Uh, yeah, down, central belt's a bit different from the north. So, yeah, yeah, and up here it's the, it's the sticks, and I just I'd rather just not. Uh, it's, it's weird. It's weird that wrestling thing is. It's, it's still one of those dirty secrets. Isn't it being a fan? Uh, we've got to do a question in from James W. T. Campbell. He's put, uh, Are you going to Fair City Wrestling in New Hope? So, this is a company uh, in Perth. I don't know if you have if you know much about Fair City Wrestling. I'm not going because I'm an Elgin, but uh, if you know yeah. any of the team that are going up to Fair City, I think we have a, a, a I'm familiar with the, the company. I've not really done, I'll be honest with you, I, I Billy Elmer really went to shows that are in Rude about the Glasgow area because. It's just a bit. I went to Discovery a couple of weeks ago. That was the first time I beat Discovery in Edinburgh. So maybe a pair, maybe outside of that. There is obviously some great talent in the Scottish scene still, uh, and MD's going to enjoy it. Uh, I don't really know MD of it's going, but yeah, if it's a good show, then fair play to them. Um, so we've got Jack Graham, who you've mentioned already. One of the best concepts of the podcast is the fantasy draft. How did it come about? And then how did it evolve to eventually incorporate a 25-person listeners league? Ah, yes. Uh, you, are you he was going to ask about this. Uh, he loves the draft, as Jack. He hosts, obviously, our uh, Saturday Draft Live show every week, along with Scott, David, and David. Uh, yeah, big. Fa- I'm a big fan of, uh, as I mentioned, a big football fan. Uh, I've got... Outside of family and friends, I've got three loves. Wrestling, football, and pop culture. TV, film, type stuff, I love that stuff. Uh, and football, obviously, a big part of football is um, fantasy football type stuff. Everybody loves fantasy football. Trying to keep up with it, it's an absolute nightmare. I don't know if you ever tried it yourself, Billy. Uh, 
it's horrendous how to keep up. You keep up there for the first three weeks because you're really into it. Then it's like, right, I need to make my subs, I need to change. And it's like, you end up this, you start the first three weeks about on a really strong point, and the next thing you check it six months later, and you're nearly left at the bottom. But the, the concept's good. This, and I thought, why is nobody ever done this for wrestling? I think it would be great for wrestling. So I just one day on a whim um, came up with the idea internally going, if I did a wrestling fantasy league, would any of you guys want to do it? And about a few bunch of the guys, I think it was about seven or eight to start, we were like, yeah, I'll do this. I mean, what's, what's your rules come up with? I came up with a, a lot of the rules for kind of on a whim type idea. Like, uh, yeah, you get points for appearances, you get points for wins, lose points for losing, it's double for titles and that type of stuff. And just kind of ran with it. And it got really popular internally. I mean, the guys, you obviously heard about it yourself, Billy. Uh, a lot of the guys internally love it. Because it brings a bit of competition. Sometimes, mm-hmm. especially in the time in 2019 when I started that draft concept, it was just before, obviously, AEW was doing the weekly Dynamite stuff. And the WWE stuff, at a lot of the time, was getting a bit stale. It was that point they were doing the Superstar Exchange stuff. It was, it was a bit crap. And I thought, this could... And a lot of people said, this, like, this kind of keeps me engaged with the current product because they watch... They'll follow what's happening on Raw, they'll follow what's happening on SmackDown, even though they think it's crap, because they want to see if the people on their team are scoring points. And it's a great way, I thought, of just keeping people going in the product and just building a bit of competition internally. And we've now done, we're now on season 10 of it internally. And I thought, yeah, that's why I'm really proud of that concept of what it did. The listeners league thought of it, I kind of thought, right, this, if I'm doing, if we're going to do a weekly show analyzing this draft you need some way to kind of get people to kind of listen to it and if it's just people in the pod and you want to try and follow how they're doing you're not as you're less likely maybe to be you maybe are engaged and interested with it but i think if you have an opportunity to take part in a way yourself it makes that more interesting for people to listen to and we're now on the fourth season of the listeners league concept of it and there's a kind of there is a group of them who are really, who really like the idea? It keeps them. They feel similarly to what the guys internally do as well. Uh, some of the guys love the, the the prospect of trying to get into the main their league to try and beat us, and it's quite funny sometimes because not disrespect anybody, but the listeners' league concept is a bit different from the main league because the main league kind of works like NFL draft style. Like once the person's picked, nobody else can pick them. Well, the listeners' league is kind of like pots, and some people can have the same picks. So when they go from that. To the main league and they try to pick guys it's like oh oh, oh i'm gonna pick them it's like no they've already been picked it's like oh all right right and it just it's just it, it gets your mind thinking in a completely different way about wrestling i mean it just brings a different level of analysis i feel well i can tell you when i, I did it for one season um and i, I think i've definitely finished top five and i've yeah, never been right. so invested in seeing adam pierce because he was my <laughs> one of my pot picks and nobody else picked him and he was just he was just racking up quietly just racking up a couple of appearance points each week and I was like there, there, there was a week where he had a match I think and I was like yes Adam Pierce has a match that's my points <laughs> sorted yeah. so yeah it does that definitely helps uh, we've got Daniel Campbell asking uh, or he's just saying uh, his team may be losing right now but forever proud of his team name pretty fly for a Paul Heyman guy yeah let's about the Dan- names then there's some inventive names in the draft yeah, 
yeah, there is some. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of the ones we've got currently. I, I am never brilliant at remembering the old names. The person on the draft show who loves the team names is David Hockney. I did not have the draft team names in the spreadsheet for a good. I didn't have them until the current season. And every time he'd be like, where's the team names? Where's the team names? I'm like, Dave, I don't really care. I, I, I care about the people who are in the ranks, but I don't really, I'm not as I'm not as invested in the team name. They kept going, you need to put the team names in. I'm like, fine, fine. But yeah, this season, what's the ones we've got this season? Um, the personal favourite of everybody internally is Stacey Smith's team name this season, the Nicky Bardenbellas. Uh, oh, is a nice. bit. It's a, a great favourite. Stacey was on the, the most recent edition of the show and David started it with the, a rendition of uh, Cups. Anna Kendrick singing that to start with. Absolutely brilliant. Um, we have uh, Isaac Draftham from Scott McLeod. It's a fantastic name. That's a strong one. Yeah. Um, David Hockney there. Never shuts up about his team, Nat Queen Cole, because that's the team that won him it in season three. Uh, anybody internally will know that David's never shut up about that team name. Um, what other ones have we got? The, the most tragic team name, I sorry, I have to call him out on this one. Ryan Douglas's team name is Hire Me Stephen. And Poor Ryan went through the uh, recruitment process, and this was nothing to do with the team name. I really like Ryan; it just didn't really work out. But yeah, he gets absolutely ripped for that now. It's like not not the fact that he picked first and um, had an absolute howler, but uh, the uh, there's some classic names that have stayed throughout the test of time. There's Team Goat with David Campbell, and of course there's Team Viscera with Gary Kiernan. Some favourites in the draft. Um, so. Outside of the draft, then, like I said, you, you built a strong team, and it's it's really a, a community in itself now. You're, mm-hmm. you're bringing in folk just for it seems like just out of circumstance a lot of the time. It's just like, oh, he likes wrestling. Can you speak for a bit? Aye. Well, we'll get you on for a show. We'll just see how it goes. Take it from there. Uh, but no, you've really uh, built a nice little uh, community of, of just wrestling fans. And from a brief time uh, after joining in the group chat, uh, the, the main will if it's the main one, or I've just been relegated to one where they're just being nice to me. But uh, it seems like a really nice, nice atmosphere where you can uh, speak about just about any wrestling. Um, was it very important to you that when you're getting people on board, they did have a, a mix of experience? Because I've got, off the top of my head, we've got like uh, Stacey's a bit of a newer fan. Uh, and then you've got guys like Grant, who's New Japan and, and uh, a bit more niche stuff. So was that important or did that just seem to happen? Uh it was quite important initially. I didn't want to kind of have attachment to it. Uh, I had a lot, some people told me to start with is like, why don't you maybe just focus on one particular area? Um, and it was a bit one because uh, Scottish scene, I one wasn't as familiar, and two, you were obviously doing your thing at that particular point in time. So I feel like I didn't really, I wasn't going to give it justice. I could have just went WWE to start with, but I kind of would, in the same way, feel like there's a, probably going to be a point where you're kind of limited a wee bit. So that's I kind of like the idea of wrestling. Is, wrestling itself is a niche, as you know, Billy. So it's it's kind of difficult to kind of go niche within niche at times, I feel, unless you're really confident with it. And I feel like I'm a bit of a jack of all trades anyway. I don't really feel like I'm fully on one side of things. I mean, everything says I'm a bit of a WWE mark, but I'm currently wearing an American Dragon t-shirt. So... I, I like to cover all the bases and I feel that's quite important sometimes to maybe get a bit more of an audience especially when you're just starting off because if you're more confident and you've got all those names in to kind of cover you you can do a lot more in terms of your discussions and I sometimes quite like if you run a show on a certain subject and you maybe get somebody who's maybe not in their strength 
and you're kind of listening and you can kind of see the kind of you can hear the, the kind of the brain ticking as they're talking and they kind of start to get into it and then they become invested into something like that. Uh, Stacey's a great example. Everybody loves Stacey in the show because Stacey just had, Stacey just makes wrestling fun when you listen to her talk about anything. And sometimes when she's just, when she's talking about something, maybe she may be at a bit of a depth, but she will get into it. And then sometimes when she kind of likes into something, you can kind of, you can hear the excitement in her voice. And it's something like that that really radiates, I think, the listeners, that you just have that type of, thing with it and I'll uh I just think it helps kind of build the discussion and help build the knowledge of the team in general because if you have somebody who knows if you have at least maybe one or two people know about something they kind of talk about it a lot when you're on other shows it'll eventually feed into you and then you kind of build on it and it just all this overall makes just better analysis I think of whatever you're talking about yeah I mean for in that example in that kind of vein um, one of the most recent episodes of my podcast i did a wrestler ropes one i had my wife on and because we went to a show the night before and it's one of the most listened to ones that i've put out yeah. on the audio because i think it's it's not more of a case of of i think after about 120 odd uh audio things with my voice and that people can't get fed up of it uh but to have her on and she was so excited to speak about it and she wanted to be on and she, she's got a different viewpoint she doesn't like watching wrestling on the tv she likes to see it live so that's her her Local, uh, our vantage point yeah. of wrestling, so it, it's it brings that new level of excitement and 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 like I say, with the team that you've got. I mean, I was on the the Page and Ag Lee episode, and yeah. I jumped on because that was that was the first spot that was available. And then as soon as I went, yeah, I'll do it. I went, oh god, I can't remember anything about Page and Ag Lee, <laughs> so I had to go we've, and do a bit of research and find out uh, and try and remember 2011. We've, we've had some interesting ones where. Uh, We've done a subject just pure. That wasn't what we just done pure for the sake of it. But you kind of jumped on. You weren't too sure about it. This is kind of similar, but a wee bit more, a bit differently. Back in one of our early shows, it was show number eight. Right, there was a common thing in telling with us at this point that David Hockney really hated and still hates Jinder Mahal, despised Jinder Mahal or being WWE champion. Would rant about it so much it was unreal. So I thought, okay. Why don't we do a show about 3MB? Purely because I wanted to get to the point where Dave reacted. I, also, to be fair, Drew just came back. He was just in NXT, so it kind of worked quite well with that one. And I got... This was the first show I got Strack on. And um, uh, Strack kind of said... <laughs> I got... Because Strack trained with Drew at one point. Strack did... Uh, he was a, tra- a, a wrestler back in the... About a decade or so ago. And he does know Drew. So I was like... I was like, you know Drew, right? Aye, come on. Aye, sure. And Strack had never been on one of these podcasts. And he was kind of, we got him on just purely for Dave's rant. And I remember looking across the table and Strack's face is just like, wow, man, what the hell have I walked into? <laughs> but uh, from a listener's point of view, if you listen to it, it just, it was a, it was a great thing to kind of listen to. It was just like, just getting genuine reactions sometimes. It's just, because, I, I, after a few episodes, I got a great feel because I host a lot of the early ones. I don't host as many now as I used to, but I got a great. I like getting. I would get a great feel for all my panelists and just try to tap into exactly what they would, what would re- get them reacting, what we kind of get them going. Sadly for Dave, Dave was a lot of target early doors because I knew Dave would best out of everybody. And by God, the pacing that boy got in the first hundred episodes was unreal. But <laughs> just getting some of the some of the stories you heard from people was great. It was one episode where. Um, Josh Hall came, was said um, t- said a story about uh, 
about doing wrestling on his bed, and he broke the bed, and um, never replaced the bed. So we just—it's just like you still have this bed. He's like, yeah, I've still got the bed. He's like, and, he's kind of, and you're in your head, just like, did he really break his bed with wrestling? It's like, I mean, <laughs> but, but it was a recurring gag. I started calling him the broken bed bandit for about three months. <laughs> it was, and it, it, it's, it was. You just got great banter back and forward, anything, everything, you know. And the guys of it, the guy, the guys it was banter, so they would enjoy it, and that would kind of break the ice a wee bit. And then you would just get a really fun discussion with that one, which was great. Oh, dear, John, no. So you spelled chat, you spelled just... cha- spell chat wrong. <laughs> the, the women's charm is here. Uh, Sarah joining the chat here. Uh, so yeah, why? I'd, so again, back to the start. Like, like I say, I, I've got a te- I'm terrible at keeping a structured when I get further in. But uh, no, why Eddie Guerrero? Why was that? Why was it? Why was it him as your first episode? Why, why did you want to focus on Eddie Guerrero? We actually did um, back when we were a blog. We did a lot of what if articles. There was a lot of ones like um, I think one of the examples is uh, what. There was ones like, what if John Cena had won the I, I Intercontinental Champion type thing? And the most read one that we had was, um, what if Eddie Guerrero was still alive? What would have happened? And that was one of the more ones. So I kind of thought, like, that's a good topic. We've kind of built the base on that one. Let's throw in and start with that particular one. So that's why we kind of went with the Eddie Guerrero one. And then after that, we kind of built, a, we had a few broad ones after that as well, just to kind of, make it a bit less narrow in terms of things. We did wrestling stables after that. We did wrestling games and we did dream matches. So we tried to kind of... The hardest thing we had to start with was we want to do topics that there may be areas of what we talk about that you can then expand on, but we didn't want to kind of repeat it. We had a few really bad examples we did that. We did an Undertaker gimmick match to start with, and we kind of it was kind of repetitive on some of the other stuff we kind of mentioned. So that's what I felt has always been one of the hardest things at times, doing a panel discussion show all the time. Because when you do weekly use, it's easy because the week's worth of use. You know, if you're doing interviews, you base it on the person obviously you're talking to. But for panel discussions, it's like it's a topic, it could be past, present, or future, but you need to kind of keep it fresh and not kind of do too much of a concept. We do have a lot of concepts we do, but that was one of the things I found the hardest. I never liked initially wanting to do previews or reviews. I tried to keep them very minimal. We now have our central views show, which is a lot heavier on previews and reviews, but that's based on that. I like to keep the feature stuff. I tried to keep it as away from that as possible. I swayed on doing big show preview reviews eventually, but to begin with, I was very much against doing that because I thought everybody does previews and reviews you know I don't want to be like everybody else I want to do something a bit different and a lot of the early stuff a lot of the stuff we do is you don't really hear the type of stuff everybody else the draft's a great example nobody ever comes up with the draft uh, so Daniel Campbell asking perfect question because it's 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 ties in well uh, whose idea was it to introduce quizzes into the catalogue of ESSR shows was it Dave was it Dave maybe I don't know Dave hosted the first one the infamous uh, WrestleMania 2018 quiz, uh, where I botched um, everything I want to hear about it. I'm going to say it. I, there was a question, uh, Dave had a round on it. You probably heard the story, Billy, where he asked, uh, he came up with wrestlers' real names and was like, who's the wrestler? And the last one, I was absolutely clueless. I'm terrible at these things. And the last one was Alan Jones, and I had a complete mind block. And it's so obvious, obviously, it's AJ Styles. I had a complete mind block, and I thought, right, just put a name down. 
just put a name down. And in my stupidity, I put John Cena down. And it's like, why did I put John Cena down? John Cena's name? And, and I get called out on it. I absolutely I get slaughtered for it. Still get slaughtered for this day. Got voted the most memorable moment of our first year on the first anniversary show. It was... Uh, it was, it was bad, but yeah, the quiz idea, obviously Daniel would ask it. He obviously does the quiz showdown stuff now. He's took the quizzes stuff to the next level, but uh, I think Dave maybe suggested that hosting the first one, I can't remember, because he, he was he was quite keen on it, and that first one went down really well. I mean, the botch aside, it was, uh, there was a lot of memorable moments on that particular show. That was the show as well. Uh, Dave uh, asked as one of the sites that hosted uh, WrestleMania 2, Uh and uh, oh, I said the three sites host the WrestleMania tomb. We all said New York. And he he said, No, we're all wrong. It's Uniondale. And we're like, That isn't New York. He went, No, it's only Uniondale. He's like, Dave, it's still New York. It's a, it's a part of it's inside you. It's like, No, you're not getting the bat for it. It's like, Oh, Jesus. But anyway, that it just brought so many memorable moments at a lot of our expenses. We thought we'll do a lot more of these quizzes again. So we did, um uh, trying to remember some of the ones we did after that. We did SummerSlam quiz. It was a bit more chaotic. Um, we did the Fear and Loathing quiz in 2018, where I infamously came into the quiz boasting, I write about ICW for Glasgow Live. I'm going to romp this quiz. I think I came, <laughs> I think I came third. Or I maybe just came second. I don't really know. <laughs> Stacey Wright, but Stacey wiped the floor me in that particular quiz. She actually plays an absolute blinder in it. Uh, we did the Ross introduced the Royal Rumble quiz after that as well, which is a, I think it's a great concept that he brought into it. It was kind of like an eight-person quiz, and every round somebody gets eliminated, and then you go down to two. It's just just thinking back on it. A lot of our quizzes have had so many of the great moments. Yes, Sarah, it was amazing. Thank you. Uh, yeah, a lot of our great moments have came in quizzes. The Royal Rumble first quiz was the was the one where infamously Scott, who's a massive Kane fan, got the amount of eliminations that Kane has had in Royal Rumbles wrong. The hand David talked to the quiz win, which was hilarious at the time in that one. Uh, David beat Scott two quizzes in a row. You'd never know that these days. Um, yeah, the other one we also did was the, the Attitude Era quiz that I hosted, where... <laughs> This is one of my proudest moments as a host. That we we hosted, we did this quiz just after the podcast that Jericho did with Moxley. I don't know if you remember listening to it. See the one with Mox. See the one with Moxley's kind of. It's one of his first ones after leaving WWE, and he mentions a lot about being depressed and that type of stuff. And there was a bit that goes, "Oh, I was dead depressed," and then Jericho just jumps into a random ad for steaks. Yeah, it's I remember like, yeah. that clip. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought. I'm going to do absolute piss takes of, um, of these adverts. So I did one on uh, Hockney's Hoagie House. Uh, I did Roscoe Dating Service, I think it was. Uh, Shettleston Steaks was the one I did for Scotland. And I did Campbell's Posh Boy Prep, I think, as he's like pissed, uh, ripped the piss sponsors. But I couldn't even focus on the quiz half the time. I had to probably, I had, you have Quacku next to me. If you've met, and you obviously know Quacku, when he gets laughing, he gets laughing. And it's hard. Uh, but I thought quizzes were some great moments in this, what we did. Uh, I thought it was when we did the pandemic, it was a good time to move it away from the main feed onto YouTube. And Daniel does a great job on YouTube now. So it's perfectly placed on the quiz showdown team on that one. But in terms of the actual podcast feed, it's early doors anyway. It brought some of the funniest moments we ever produced, I think. Um, so just, uh, just in case he's watching, uh, John Felix Anthony Cena, uh, that, that is, 
I know your whole name. Don't worry about it. I've read Wikipedia. Uh, so uh, David Hockney mentioned Hoagie House as well. Uh, sorry, Hockney House, I suppose. Uh, there it is for those that are <laughs> video feed. Uh, wow. <laughs> oh, I, I can't even remember. That. I, I can't remember exactly. I think it was. I think it came about because he, we, we had a discussion that he didn't like. He didn't know about the Scottish version of the hoagie because he'd been to the states and obviously the, the states version is the big sub sandwich. And we were allowed. We, I think somebody was like, oh, "I got a hoagie delivered last night," and obviously the, the British Scottish hoagies like the the Indian stuff with the donut meat and the chips and all that. And he's like, "I got a, I got, a, I got a hoagie when I was in America." And it's like, but. What was that? It's a big sub. I was like, you don't know what a hoagie is, do you? He's like, no. And it's like, this is what a hoagie is. And he's just like, oh, that's where I came about. But I've got too many ripped the mix out of Dave. I feel bad. I don't know why he's still my friend. He's one of my groomsmen at the wedding. Nobody really, I don't really know why he still hangs about with me. Uh, any particular favourite intros that either you've 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 written and done or been uh, given uh, by oh, someone else? There's been loads about me punching. Uh, I get called the bruiser weight and pu- punching above my weight one time, uh, which I found particularly hilarious. Um, what's some of the best ones I've given? Uh, I called Dave. Oh, what's that? I've called Dave so many. I called him the. What's I've called him the modern day Maharaja. Uh, <laughs> what else did I call him? He works for Claysdale Bank, so I called him Mister Money in the Claysdale Bank. Uh, there was the one time that me and Sarah convoluted to give him an intro in a style of a wrestler who can no longer be named Billy, but he had a very long-winded intro. I think you maybe know who I'm talking about. Oh, I was going to say, there's a long list. I was trying to think, right, who it could have been. He, he, I'm, he, with he, I'm with you he now. Had, he had several bits of his intro, but we... He several bits somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very badly wanted. But we, we, we did that in a style for Dave. Was it the? Uh, I can't even remember. There was another. I've I, I, I not listened to it so long, but um, there's been some funny ones delivered. Uh, Tinder, Tinder Mahal. <laughs> uh, there's, there's so there's so many. Um, yes, there's another one from Sarah Scott being the unnecessary sequel. I remember, uh, I remember that one. I don't know. I don't know what episode it was on, but I, I, that one pops in pops in my head every so often. There yeah. is. There was one the, the first anniversary show I delivered some absolute belters. I've got absolutely some great ones on that one. One episode I called Derek the disgrace of my family, and he was not happy. <laughs> he went absolutely back. He was kind of like he like threw himself across the table at me. Uh, ah, yes. Uh Kwaku being compared to the hat worn by the mother of the bride. Because <laughs> it just gets passed about the whole place. Um <laughs> Was it the Ross did a great one on Quacku where he called him uh, where he said, "If you're looking for Milkomania too, you'll be disappointed because Quacku's lactose intolerant." <laughs> <laughs> uh, poultry pumper, yes. Uh, one of Jack's very early in, uh, shows he get called the poultry pumper. Uh, so many, so many. Yeah, I've been lucky that I haven't had any yet. But I'm oh, Billy, we, Billy, we, we settle, we settle people in. The first intro is always a nice one. And then we absolutely settle, settle everybody in. It's just like, there's, it's just gets, I don't remember why I did it the first anniversary. The second anniversary show I did actually a good one because I did, I was so savage in the first one. The second anniversary I decided I was going to flip it and I was really nice to everybody. And they're all looking across the table going, what is going on here? This is not right. 
It's just like I gave everybody the nicest intro. Like this person's grown so much in the last two years. This person's the greatest. This person's one of my best friends, and they're all like, "No, no, 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 no. what's going on? No, this is weird." Where, where, where's the punchline coming from? Where, where is it? Where is it? Yeah. So how ESSR championship? That's my next bullet point I've got here. So yes. <laughs> how did that come about? Yes, that came about um, right. So. It was based around about the Christmas New Year time when we first started in 2017. Just before it, obviously it was Christmas night out season and Secret Santa in the works. My work Secret Santa got me one of those sticker fake WWE types. Essentially kids DIY WWE types. And I thought this is I thought this is quite cool. So we got I was doing the, we were on to these recording. And we, we essentially did two we did two back to back on the one day. We did this one big record over on just before Christmas, so we could put a couple ones out. It was the best of 2017 and the 2018 preview. And I decided for a laugh, I'm like, I need to use this title because I'm not going to have it set up at my house. My missus will absolutely hate it and she'll eventually chuck it out. So I'm like, I'm going to use this title for a laugh. So I brought the title in and I'm like, I'm going to give someone this championship. And I decided I'm going to give this to the guys done the funniest thing that we've done so far on the podcast. Gave it to Dave. For his gender rant because uh, yeah, I think it was Dave, and it came about to there. And then a couple of months later, Ross started internally doing sweepstakes uh, for the pay per views, and that's where we kind of decided we should get this title and actually, you know, keep it going. We can't just have Dave having this kind of fake title, so we kept this title going just from the sweeps and quizzes. And it would get defended, and we brought various concepts into it. A lot of, the, a lot of these aren't mine. I credit a lot of the members of the pods for this one. Uh, we did our version of Money in the Bank, which was spare change in the tin, which we used to do, I think, we used to do it on the square goal. Uh, say that I had it, whoever wins, every day we get a number for the square goal, and whoever's number got it, maybe the spare change in the tin. Uh, and we also got, yeah, and then. Was it like we had a couple other ones? The spare change in the time is the main one. Spare change in the time brought some great moments on the podcast yesterday as well, which I'll go into in a wee second. And then round about the first anniversary showtime, Quacku and Strat kind of worked together to bring a bamped version of the belt together. So on the first anniversary show, just before it, Quacku's like, I'm working on something with Strat for the anniversary show. I'm like, all right, cool, that's great. And then on the, after the speeches, Quacku starts talking about stuff and then he goes to Strat, I've got Strat this, and Strat pulls out this title. With ESSR stickers on the on the plates, and it's just like that's quite cool. But it's just a wee bit of a laugh for something internally. And sometimes when it leads into other moments, it's quite great because the spare change in the tin moments that we've had have been absolutely fantastic for comedy relief. There's been two ones in particular. The first one was in 2019, not 2018. Uh, either way, it was on the um, I think it was 2019. It was the greatest takeover. NXT takeover shows that we did. And David Campbell was holding the spare change in the tin at that point in time. And Scott was the champion. So both of these are at Scott's expense, poor Scott. Uh, so I was I find this really funny because Scott was in my work because he was doing journalism at the time. He was doing a day's work experience. And he goes down to the vending machine during the day, buys a pack of sweets, and he goes, This is for me and David Campbell during the show. Unbeknownst to him, Campbell messaged me like two days earlier, going, I'm I'm cashing in on Scott, screw it. So I'm sitting in this work laughing. It's like, oh, he doesn't know what's going on. So the show, the show comes in. David Campbell, as you know, he's 
he's, he's absolute comic value with this type of stuff. He brings in bottles of schlur. He says bottles of schlur for him and Scott. So him and Scott are sitting drink. He's giving Scott schlur. Scott doesn't know what's going on. They're having a great time. And then after the show, he just comes out with this big rant. And he goes, I'm cashing in. And what's funny is we had this internal thing, but this internal joke stable for the first year. It was called Roscoe, led by Ross. And it was this whole thing of this. So he just comes out one time and just goes, Guy Daniel says it's in the opening package for Quiz Showdown Goes Hollywood. And he just goes, I am doing this and I'm forming my own stable, the Goatsman, the four Goatsmen. <laughs> anyway, cashes in, beats Scott. It's hilarious. I know. I think I know what the second one is because it was one of my favourite ESSR moments, and yeah. it's it's Sarah, isn't it? Oh yeah, that is so <laughs> funny. That was even more evil. I get cheered. It was me, Strack, Scott, and Quacko that were on the show. We were doing it on the X Division, and I think she kind of mentioned maybe I'm going to, maybe I'm going to cash in. And I think she said I'm thinking about cashing in. Right? Okay, fine enough. And whilst we are recording the show, we were in Glasgow Cali radio station at this point in time, and she's uh, she's kind of there. And the way the kind of Cali studio was worked, or the way their union worked was at the time, was it probably still is. I've not been in a while. They had a big bar area, and the, the radio station you could see the bar area through the window, so she couldn't come in and really sit in the bar area because when we were sitting there, you could see everything. So what she did for the first half of the show, while we were because we took a break between when we were in the middle of recording, the first half of the show, Sarah was sitting in the disabled toilets, standing in the disabled toilet. And we're like, to her, why are you in the disabled toilets? Like, well, if he comes out and goes to the toilet, it might see me. I'm like, so yeah, she's she's in the disabled toilets. And then eventually for the second half of the show, because their studio was kind of like every radio station, there was the main bit where the recording that was happening it had a bit of an annex in the middle and there was a window between it so she kind of kind of crawls in and she's kind of hiding under the window because otherwise he'd be able to see her so she comes out she's got she brings a cake this is the evilness of this one scott's birthday she brings <laughs> a cake so at the end of the recording that we, I, I get up off my seat open the door and i let her in because we had the tittle no, you were, I thought you were in the disabled. I'm sure you're in the disabled scene. Uh, either way, she comes in with the cake and Scott's face is like, oh, no. And she's just like, ah, happy birthday. It's like him. Um, it was a, just as sinister as when uh, CM Punk came out and said happy birthday to Leo Mysterio. It had that sort of sinister aspect to it. But, oh, she cashed it out on him. Oh, it's, it was amazing. It was it's, it's great listening and great viewing. It was just like... In a way, you're just like, why? Because she was in Edinburgh. This, she's lived in Edinburgh at this point. She didn't like, she, she lives in Canvas Lang now, but at that point, she lived in Edinburgh. She wasn't on the show. She took an hour train, hid in the toilet for a half an hour. And yeah, and then did, did that just for that, just for that one moment. But oh, it was priceless. That, that's commitment. That's just, just commitment to the to the uh to the victory but no scott scott's throwing in, throwing in comments there uh yep uh, <laughs> yeah it's it's a amazing moment and and as ross pointed out that scott's been cashing on twice and it was him that that created the concept so uh so yeah. i've got to daniel putting maybe another iron man match so he recently just did that uh 30 minute uh quiz showdown iron man we've done, um, we've done. 
They've done two Ironman matches on the Quiz Showdown format, both featuring Scott. That one he was against David. The, the first one he was against David Campbell. He challenged him on his... Uh, I don't know who that comment says. I addressed that, Ross. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know what he's talking about. Uh, yeah, so... Um, and the first one was against David Campbell in a movie trivia quiz. Uh, it's Yeah, it's, they've got... the. They produce some great moments. Some a great thing about them. A lot of them have come into their own since they've done the podcast. I mean, I'll go back to David Campbell. He's a great example. I've said this when when I thought anybody who knows him, listen to a podcast, will not believe me. The first time I met David Campbell, he was shy. He was not very outgoing. He was very shy. <laughs> now, anybody who knows him, he just talks and talks and talks and talks. He does his, he's, he's, he does his own podcast. He's on the first time league talking about doing. Questions about you know movies and TV. Uh, oh, you, oh yeah, fair enough. It's fair enough, Sarah. Uh, so yeah, so he does all that stuff, but he was very quiet when he first came in. Um, there was a bunch of other ones as well. I think they were pretty shy as well. Uh, and a lot of them just come into their own and just do their own things. I mean, they come up with their ideas when internally they come up with all these things on the podcast. Uh, Scott as well. Scott was quite shy as well to start with, but he's done. He's as you know now, Billy. He's a bit of an egotistical bugger these days. I've, no, I've noticed in the in the wee group chat, he's he's uh, he's, got, he's got some some opinions that uh, hopefully if if I'm if I'm on our next quiz showdown, I might be able to to uh, knock him down a, a peg or two. I doubt oh, it. I have do. a terrible me- I have a terrible memory, but I will definitely give him a give, give him my best. <laughs> oh, please do, please do. We could do with it, you know. <laughs> Uh, so outside of that, then we've discussed the panels at length and and the the team dynamic and setup that you got. But we've also got interviews. So this is this is how I kind of got um, into listening to ESSR. So of course you did, you did the panel shows, and uh, there's always a worry of them being a bit like like you're saying it could be oversaturated podcast if you're doing mm-hmm. one subject or yeah or what have you. But so I was into the interviews because you're just interviewing Scottish talent, which you know mm-hmm. I'm a big nerd for that stuff. Um, yeah. How did how did you decide? Did you just decide? Right, I've got the opportunity to interview someone. Let's just add it to the the feed. How how did how did interviewing uh, come about for the 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 show? Uh, initially, it kind of came about jointly through my work. Uh, as you may know, Billy, uh, my work is the same work as Daily Record, Glasgow Live. That's my day job, and. Glasgow. Uh, one day, I asked the editor of Glasgow Live, like, "Look, I'm really into wrestling." All this wrestling stuff goes on. Do you want somebody to write about it? And he was like, "Yeah, I've 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 always wanted to talk to write about this one, but I don't have anybody who knows enough about it." So that's it. I came about with it, and it was roughly this. We kind of started roughly around about the time of feeling low in 2017. So I kind of started talking to the ICWPR guys and that type of stuff, and eventually I got a few interviews through that. But it gave me a bit of taste for it, and I was like, we were kind of like, well. You know, we should probably try to do a lot more of these ones. So we got it through a mixture of kind of just go to, just go to talent ourselves. We, we you internally we would come up like, right, who should we kind of start talking to? Who's who's the best guys to try and get in touch with? And then there was the other bunch of ones that we got opportunities from via PR relationships through my work. So some examples of that where we interviewed uh, Kaylee Ray when she was with World of Sport. That actually came about through ITV. So that wasn't when we got with Kaylee Ray herself. That was actually so if you listen back to that interview, it's very much orientated to Kaylee Ray's spell when she was at World Sport. Obviously, if you spoke to Kaylee now, it'd be a lot a completely different kettle of fish. Um 
other ones that we kind of got through that medium, uh, Viper, Piper Niven, Dewdrop, came about via a PR opportunity. Uh, interviewed Lionheart, God rest his soul, a couple of times via that method as well. Um, just a few guys that you just kind of, you got initially kind of pitched via these PRs, but there's a lot of guys you just kind of started, you, you, you messaged yourself. You've done it probably yourself, Billy. You just messaged mm-hmm. guys and you just be kind of like, Chancing it. I mean, some of the ones we've got are absolute, absolute chance were absolutely mental. I sent a Facebook DM to Al Snow and he got back to me, which was absolutely this was a mental one as well. I bought him. I arranged for Ross to do this interview with Al Snow just before WrestleMania in 2019. And one day I'm in my work and I get a Facebook call from Al Snow. I'm like, what the heck is going on? I can answer the phone. I'm like, hello. He's like, hello, this is Al Snow. Uh, I'm your, 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 your colleague Ross is meant to be getting in touch with me, but he's not getting back to us. Like, all right, hold on, Al, I'll go. I'll message him the noon. All right, okay, thanks. And I have to message Ross going, mate, Al Snow's phoning me. What's going on? He's like, oh, he was meant to send me his number. He's not sent me it yet. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so it's just stuff like that. It's just, you get a lot of them just out of an absolute whim. But um, some of the ones you've had, some, I had some great times doing a lot of these interviews. Uh, Stevie Boy is one of my favourite ones. I loved interviewing Stevie Boy. He was he was a really good chat. I got one of the first ones with him after he after he won the ICW World Title. Uh dropped to my Facebook. I dropped to my Twitter message going, "Can I get your first interview after I win the title?" And he's like, oh, "I need to double check and that." And then eventually I got it. So I was really happy with that one. I got um, I got really was well, some of the ones I liked. I'm talking more about the ones I did. Uh, <laughs> still got. Ross is a, Ross was also for many years saying he was very good friends with Red Lightning. He really, he really liked in that one. Uh, I'm trying to remember some ones we got. A really random one. I got PCO. That was a really random one. Uh, I think he, he added the podcast on Twitter. We just messaged him, God, right. do you want to do this? So it's just anytime you got a, see anytime you got a random follow from a guy, I was just I was just like interview, 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 and that's how we got a lot of these ones. Uh, I remember one of the ones I some of the ones I did that were really fun. Um I like that. I did one with DCT. Don't know if you talked to him before, Billy. Beat DCT. Yeah, no. He's um I'll, I'll drop my I'll, I'll DM him for you, don't worry. Uh <laughs> DCT was a I interviewed DCT twice as well. I interviewed him one time and after he won the ICW title, but the first time just met him randomly in like a not was not not a spoons. What's the it's like a Oh, it's like like that type of family restaurant thing. They're usually at the motorway things, but yeah, did stuff with him. Uh, but a lot of the ones, some of the best interviews are ones not done by me. I find, I've done a, a lot of the ones, kind of the WWE type of name ones, but a lot of the guys, not me, have done some fantastic interviews across the podcast. Kwaku did one with the, he did one with the Lightning Buzzards that was really good back in the day. Uh, Sarah's done a couple of really good ones. She's done the ones with uh, she had one with Modern Hype, obviously back in the day, a uh, really good one there. Uh, Emily Hayden she had some good ones with her. Sam Barber one very alone was brilliant. Uh, Alan did one with Simon Cassidy. I think it's his only one to date. Really enjoyed that one. I mentioned Ross's one with Red Lightning. He did one also with uh, T.K. Cooper. Did one with Adam Maxted as well, where he got him to say a birthday wish for Sarah. No, not Sarah, sorry, Stacey. <laughs> Which was really good of him. Uh, Derek did Ashton Smith, great guy. Ashton Smith told Ashton Smith that he's um, he told Ashton Smith that he's uh, his niece Gary's daughter Lucy was a big fan. So he said he sent a, a t-shirt for her 
which I thought was a really cool gesture from him. Uh, I don't, one of the chaotic ones you'll probably remember as well, Billy, was uh, Scott's interview with the Fight Network, obviously, no, whatever they're called now, looking sharp and yeah, this is, I think this is where I first heard the two sheep versus one cow question. Yes, that is exactly the one. <laughs> that was absolutely nuts. Uh, I have inexplicably stolen since. So random. It's so random, but it's just like, oh, fair, fair play, fair play. And the last one I did before the pandemic is one I'm really proud of as well. It's given the direction she's went in her career as well. Thunder Rosa is a really good one. I think I, I interviewed her just after she won the NWA Women's title. It was two weeks before the pandemic, before lockdown. Obviously, I didn't know we were going to go to lockdown, but mm-hmm. then she obviously then she said, then she showed up at AEW six months later. And I was like, oh my God, I interviewed her. <laughs> Scott Scott interviewed Ricky Starts as well when he was in NWA. And then Ricky Starts shows up in AEW. It's like, oh my God, I interviewed him. And then all these big media guys started putting it up got interviews with Ricky Starts like six months later and he was putting out all these quotes and I'm sitting there going, Scott got that off him like two years ago. Nobody says anything. It's like, oh, it's so frustrating. It's, it's so frustrating when you get a good line of it. But see, because we're so, we're a bit, we're quite further down the, the media te- 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 poll, you're like, nope, sometimes it's so hard to get your quotes out there because we get some absolute belters. You're, you yourself as well get some great quotes. That don't, that... That's, that's the thing. I mean, like, uh, we're speaking about guests, I've, I've had a lot, of, not so much knockbacks, more like just plain ghosting uh, from a lot of times. But uh, Joe, so Hendry bad, was, uh, Joe Hendry, I got eventually, and, and he's, he was speaking about. Uh, I wish, I wish I actually took the time to actually transcript because that should have been the one I, I should have transcript because he, he kept he was going on about his body transformation and how he's going to come back bigger, badder, stronger, and then. And what, three, four months later, he revealed Joe the answer. And he was, I was looking at it going, told me all this. Why didn't nobody pick this up? <laughs> but it's its more down to me sharing it, I think, I suppose, at the end of the day. So it's finding out that um, balance of how to share it, where to share it, who to pick it up. And it's just it's, sometimes it's just plain luck. It's luck. <laughs> uh, I had the... I got the asked Drew McIntyre a couple of questions when he was in Glasgow. I got invited to the media day. And I just put, I put, I took out the portion I asked them, put it on the, the podcast feed. And then I was, I get all the alerts. I get Google alerts for when people search each supply retweet, just, you know, out of nosiness. And sometimes eventually they come up and it goes, Fightful, all these type of places, Drew McIntyre interview. And I'm like, oh my God, that's what, that's what he said to me. <laughs> it's amazing. I was, I was looking through it going, oh, then I, I felt really bad. I had to message one of them because they put the, the link through quote to the wrong place. And I'm like, hey, sorry, thanks for taking the interview. It's going to the wrong place. I know. I, I was I was only just brand new in the team and I saw someone quoting it but not putting the source. I was like, eh, hello, excuse me, sir. This is where it's from. Here's the link. Go. Yes, exactly. That's, that's just good quality journalism. That's just standard practice. <laughs> Uh, is there any been has there been a guest though that you've been I suppose Drew probably one of them that you've been absolutely starstruck to to meet and you've been like I don't know how to speak I suppose getting a, a Facebook call from Al Snow might be up there uh, but is there any been <laughs> anyone that you've been properly starstruck to to interact with? Ah, uh, there's been a couple. When I first spoke to Lionheart, I found that quite I was a bit I was a bit nervous because it was the first one I'd ever done on the phone. And I didn't really know how to properly do the equipment. So I got some stuff through my work 
and I'm purely on the I've got the phone and the dictaphone connected and I'm panicking and panicking about my questions. But yeah, I felt quite starstruck by him. Second time I interviewed him, I felt a bit I interviewed him in person the second time and I felt a bit with that one. Um most of the ones I'm okay with, to be fair. I'm not I don't I get nervous the first few ones, obviously I've never done it, but see when you got in the role of it, I felt I felt quite all right with it. I've never I don't think I've personally spoke to somebody a massive name in the Drew was a Drew was I found a bit tricky because I was in a, a group of other people who've who, who probably do these more than me. You know, Grado was there, you know, guys from inside the ropes were there, so they they're more accustomed to these things, a lot confident. I was kind of sitting in the back and I'm kind of like, right, don't ask him. And I was it was around in, in an order, so it was kind of like a couple of guys before had asked the questions. I quite liked to answer them, so it was kind of like, right, I need to kind of think of my feet. These ones, well, so if you're on, just on the calls, just you, you know, you've got the floor, you can do everything, so you're just kind of just go with it and run with it. But I always, sometimes to start with, I find that a bit nerve-wracking because you're not, you don't really know the person as much, so you're just trying to get a feel for them, but once you obviously get in the flow and the conversation goes, you get a lot of them that you just hit it off with very easily. Uh, Liam Thompson, I interviewed Liam Thompson. He is a fantastic guy to talk to because he just, he could just talk and talk and talk. Because <laughs> we just, he went on a tangent about one thing, I think about his dog when I spoke to him. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm just, I'm, 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 he, he just started going off in tangents. And I'm like, this is great. But I've only asked you three questions. I'm like, ask you, come on, let's get going. <laughs> uh, I, I, he, he was one I really enjoyed actually, just because of how easy going he was. That's the thing. I mean, I'll, my example of that is either Scotty Swift, because I've, I've spoken to him for hours now, uh, mm. or Johnny Lyons. I think I came in with maybe three lines of notes because I didn't think I needed any because I knew Johnny Lyons would just go as soon as I asked a question and be like, cool, right, I'll sit back. You go, Johnny. I've got, I'll just have a nap. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was, yeah, it's one of those things. But um, and that's, that's the advantage of, I suppose, having such a wide uh, variety of, of subjects and and uh, like, like I say, panel shows are, are a bit of everything and you're able to get an Al Snow or contact someone from NWA and get them in because you're not you're not in one particular mould. You're not like just concentrated yeah. on one particular... I mean, like you say, wrestling is a niche. And then when you do something like I'm doing, it's a niche within that niche. And if you're doing a particular subject, then that, that just dilutes it. That, that uh, makes it even more difficult um, to... to because I mean, could, I could probably go right. I'll get someone who's never wrestled in Scotland. But what's the point? It's not part of my subject. So it's yeah. it's, it's one of those weird things. Uh, speaking of, I end up in a conversation with Jeff Jarrett, and I was I was it hasn't went anywhere. But I was like, you know what? He's wrestled in Scotland three times. That'll qualify him. That that's fine. That's enough for me. That'll qualify him. It'll be okay. I'm uh, trying to to do gymnastics in my head, going. Yeah, that, that's that's enough for me to, to include them. Um, it's one of those things. But uh, so we, we've spoken about the championship, spoken about the panel show, spoken about interviews. I just want to briefly talk about Kwaku on a poll because <laughs> yeah. I feel like it needs to be talked about. If we're doing a four-year celebration of ESSR, we, we can't not mention Kwaku on a poll. Oh, uh, it's, been, it's been that long since the campaign began. Oh. Uh, opinions uh any particular uh, who who should be fighting over Kwaku on this poll and oh, I'm, sh- I'm sure emily hayden was very keen on it at one point in time uh aspen faith i think was quite keen on being uh, getting him on the poll um 
I'm sure if I spoke, if you speak to ADM, he would be very happy for this particular match to happen. Uh, the thing is, when we first started, the uh, when it first came up, uh, Kwaku was, you know, he was mainly just a fan and a producer, and now obviously he's the one of the big ring in it, one of the main ring announcers for the central belt. So I'm sure there's probably a, a bigger queue now for that particular that particular accolade. I think to be, get him on the pole, he's got a few. Uh, I, I think a few fans would love to wrestle for the chance to get Quacko in a pole. I was at Discovery with him and he was getting everybody speaking to him after the shows, you know, wanting, wanting to do wanting to. I was a guy who was really keen on taking Quacko for a beer after Discovery. Very, very keen. This same guy who, <laughs> this is the same guy who paid, who paid money to get a chop off of Gene Money, Session Moff and Ian Skinner. <laughs> he was very, he looked very red roll. <laughs> Wrestling fans, they're an interesting breed. Uh, if, if, if I'm sure anyone's listening or watching has, has went to a wrestling show, yeah, they'll, they'll know that there's there's some wrestling fans that are interesting. But, but for the pole aspect, you know, we, we could we could make it a bit different. We could go like Judy Bagwell on a on a forklift type match, you know, and we can put do something like that. If he's not keen on, you know, balancing on a pole, you know, you could, there's other aspects we could do of it. We could put him in one of the shark cages, you know, you know, it could it could be yeah, exactly. exactly. You can get him in uh, Discovery and they've got a balcony. Just just have him on the balcony. You have to just wrestle up to the balcony. That's it, done. You, there's, there's, there's ways and means to do this, do these things. Um, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, we had to mention Quack in the Pole. Had to be done. Oh, so we mentioned all the positive stuff. Got a little bit of the negative stuff, I suppose. Now I can speak about more fun stuff. Has there been any any particular episodes or, or even guests that you, you've had on that have been like, this isn't our best work? Uh, you don't have to name them, if in case uh, oh, <laughs> backlash oh. there. But is there any any particular moments you're like, no, this hasn't worked at all. We there's yeah, there's been a few. I'd be I'd be lying if I said everything was perfect, Billy. You know, I'd be pretty much I'd be absolutely. There's a few ones if I look back on it. Yeah, I would love to change parts of it. Uh, second anniversary ones, particular one I look back on them not particularly as happy with more because I thought the first one was absolutely spot on but I tried to run a debating chamber show about debating chamber aspect on that one and there was about 12 people in the room at that point so it was just like rawr, 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 rawr. it was just absolutely it was just a shit fest and it was just it was it was messy to listen to it wasn't particularly our best our work on that one uh I mean a lot of the shows I think we run are actually not too bad I'm really, really honest. I don't really. I make mistakes, and there's other mistakes I made in terms of that. Uh, guess wise, yes, we've had a few people we've interviewed. We interviewed somebody. Obviously, I'm not going to name them because I don't want to get absolutely ripped. We interviewed somebody who was very, very hungover, very unenthusiastic uh, to do the interview, and it doesn't turn out particularly well. Uh, guest wise as well, I'm trying. I can't think more interviews off the top of my head in terms of that. I'm just trying to remember. A lot of the guys I've interviewed are pretty rough sound, to be fair. A lot of them are really spot on. Can't really think much else, folks. Uh, guest wise, we had a lot. We've had a few guests. We have had a few people on who have been silent guests. I think's the best way to put them, Billy. Uh, they're kind of they're kind of there. But they're not there. <laughs> kind of, you kind of feel like you bring them in one time and they kind of like, you're like, right. There's a lot of ones we brought in one time, a couple of times, and they've been pretty decent. You know, they've done a great job. But we had a few ones that they just absolutely said nothing. And um, you're just kind of like, why are we even here? 
you know, you've you've brought nothing to this particular show, and that's why said people have never been back again. We also we've had show we've had there's a couple of shows I think where the um, you, are you familiar with the uh, micro hosting term? <laughs> uh, I, I think yeah, I think I think I'm aware of it. Yeah, yeah, we've had a couple of shows. Where some of the guests have been on a couple of who have been on, have not been on as much. Oh, some guests, you know. I'm just, I'm just going to say some guests. I'm going to open up to the floor. A lot of guests are micro hosted when they not need to micro hosted, and in some cases it's got quite tense in the studio for some aspects of it. And um, yeah, it doesn't create the best atmosphere. I mean, I've got to say Dave Hockney again. Dave Hockney loves a micro host, but Dave does it in a way that's very innocent at times. But there's some in micro host, and you're just like. You've been here like twice. Why are you micro hosting? You know, you should not be you should not be getting involved in that with the clothing. But yeah, it's uh, there's not many there is not many shows. I mean, I'm just trying to think back off the top of it. There's not many shows I look back on with regret because I think so many of them have been very well done with especially it's kind of some of the subjects we kind of talked about at the time. If there's shows on mental health, there's shows on shows on social media. We're not kind of feared to push the boat a wee bit, we've done shows just with trainees, you know, so yeah, I, I can't really, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm being very egotistical by saying there's not many shows I would hate, there's aspects of shows that I've hated, but in terms of overall shows, there's the majority of them I, I, I quite enjoyed, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've more the case of, for mine anyway, I don't, no guest has been bad. Like I said, there has been one or two that, um, one in our in our 100th episode, I said that I started asking a question to someone and they zoned out, and I could see them zone out. Oh, and, not, not and I was just looking at going, you've literally zoned out in the middle of this question. And then there's other ones where I, before I did prep, I would zone out. Not not in case of, like, I've, I've, I've just forgotten everything, and I've just like, oh... I don't know. I haven't got anything to ask. I've forgotten every word that I was supposed to have in my head. So that's why I now have a notepad, and that's why I write everything down. Oh, I, 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 I notepad everything. I have, I have it planned out. I am really bad in interviews. I kind of go from like I take it like career progression. Like I do it chronologically. It's like I, I do that sometimes. If it's easy enough to find on Cage Match, I'll have like a like matches and month and year, so I've got a, a timeline, but mm-hmm. oh, sometimes it never works that way, and I end up just, just going uh, talking about dinosaurs some guys, and all that stuff. Some of the guys you speak to, you know, they're a bit more niche than, like, you know, like, I did TJP one time, he's very easy to find on cage match and that, but... Oh yeah, when I was speaking to, to like, trainees and that, they haven't had any matches, and I'm like, oof, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes that makes for the best, for the best conversations. Yeah. Uh, outside of ESSR, like I say, you're a big fan of pop culture. You've been very kind to send me pictures of your walls, which uh, are always welcomed. Sounds weird out of context, but it's fine. <laughs> so uh, you're, you're a big fan of uh, Batman and, and MCU and what have you. Uh, oh, yeah. And was it about Batman particularly? This is just absolutely derailed from ESSR. I just want to know about oh, your walls no. Batman. <laughs> ah, I don't. I just, oh, I went to see them when I was a kid, and just something where it stuck with me. I mean, everybody, everybody has a bad film that they love, right? It's just a thing. My bad film that I love is Batman and Robin. I, I, I know it's bad. I know it sucks, but it's one of the ones that if, I'm, if I feel like I'm on a bad day, I would stick it on. You know, I was on a pod. I was on a pod last year. And I literally come out of the pod and I start doing uh, Mr. Freeze quotes. <laughs> I fire them out, fire them out. And it's just like, but um, I was mostly kind of 
because obviously when I was growing up, you know, the first Batman was out, they were out about in the 90s and that type of stuff. I think I got, I think somebody, I don't know if my mum got me or somebody gave me a copy of Batman, Batman Begins or Batman Returns, sorry. I don't know why they were giving like a five-year-old, four-year-old kid a copy of Dark. It's quite dark, that one, that particular <laughs> one. Uh, yeah, and I just really liked it. I just got the characters on it. Um, I faded, even though I faded away with it when it kind of, I kind of watched the cartoony stuff as well. I was really into the likes of the Batman, uh, it's Batman Beyond type stuff. Uh, I can't remember the, I don't think that's the right name for it, I think for it, but it was kind of when the Dark Knight came out uh, and I went to see the Dark Knight and it like rekindled my full thing with the Batman film. I still say it's the best. People will argue with me. I think it's the best film made ever made. I think it's an absolute masterpiece. I was sitting there in awe watching it and I just got back into watching it. And yeah, there's something I hate Superman, I think, which helps the Batman thing. I think it's kind of like a side-by-side thing. It's like I really don't like Superman. I just think it's I just think he's dull as anything. I think because Batman's the polar opposite really helps me. But no, it just something that stuck with me. It's just I kind of the villains in it as well. I kind of thought the villains really kind of caught my eye and that type of stuff. The Riddler and that Mr. Freeze, you know, they're just well played, they're just well done characters and just I think the Dark Knights, the one thing really keeps me going with it. I just keep going back to that film because it's just a masterpiece. Uh, I've got, I've got the kind of same passion feelings for Spider Man. Spider Man. Oh, Spider-Man. I, I like the Spider Man early films. I, I thought that I have a current frustration that you may understand, Billy. That um, they've got Spider Man one and Spider Man three on Netflix. Spider-Man yes. Yes. <laughs> Spider Man two is the best of the three. It's just yep. it's amazing, especially because I've got my my girlfriend, she, she's got into watching all these MCU stuff with me ever since it's been on Disney Plus and it's great. And obviously the Spider-Man ones were the last ones we watched because they were, they're not on Disney Plus because of the Sony deal. And then they recently put the two Tom Holland ones on Netflix and I was like, right, we need to watch these because we've, we've watched all the, the, the MCU series. We need to watch these two. Me secretly because I'm dying. I, I, I really want to see the new one coming in December. Uh, and going through that and I'm sitting... And she's like, all right, did we watch the other ones first? I'm like, well, not particularly, no. We just watch these. In my head, I'm thinking, watching the trailer for the for the, for the the U one, I'm like, we really need to watch Spider-Man 2. I know she's going to sit here and watch it and go, who's that? What's he, what's, what's his, why is he there? What's this? And it's like, oh, he's, he's in the one that we've not seen. He's in the middle one. He's in that one there. It's just so annoying. But I, I, I'm a mixed on Spider-Man early days. I quite liked the films. wasn't big on Tobey Maguire. wasn't big on Andrew Garfield stuff, but I think the MCU ones are amazing. I think them. Yeah, I, I loved them at the time, and then I, recently I've went back. I've done the same. I've went back to rewatch them, and when I was watching it, I was just like, "Oh, this is a bit rougher than I remember it being it's, in 2002 when I was 12 watching this." It's a good. It's a good story. The stories in them good, but him playing it, I think. I think Tom Holland plays it so well. I think that doesn't help him. I don't think, I think Tom Holland's really he got he, he's got that childish uh, nature to him that kind of mm-hmm. brings you to him. And I think uh, I think because they do the whole Iron Man Spider Man thing, I think really helps it. The story wise, I, I think the biggest biggest uh, like this isn't right is uh, Flash Thompson in the first Spider Man's with Tom McGuire. It's played by Joe Manganiello, and uh, you, you look at him and go, "You're not a teenager." No way in hell are you a teenager. Toby, 
All right, okay, I'll let that slide, but no John, not Joe baby, Manganello. Yeah, baby no face. Way. Toby's very, very, Toby's very baby face with it, you know. It's he's quite, he, he, yeah, he, everybody's associated with him. I mean, Jay Jonathan Jonathan, no, Jay Jonathan Jameson, whatever the heck he's, I can't, I, I was a bit tongue tied in his name there, but yeah, he's he, he makes the films, and the fact he's going to be, he might be in the new one is even better. Uh, hey, Ando, uh, hey, Adam, sorry, hey, Andy, Andy. oh my god, we're doing well, uh, Andy. <laughs> Uh, so from it, back to back to SSR, we've done a little uh, uh, detour into pop culture and comics because I will speak about that for hours. I might not know the subjects, but I'll still speak about it for hours. Um, pandemic hit last yeah. year, and it was quite a big thing. You know, still is, uh, even though folk are are uh, saying it isn't. It's still out there, and of course the the podcast format. You were in the studio and you're speaking back and forth, and you had everyone about and then that's kind of changed so how did how did you guys uh, adapt to zoom did you or skype or were you always kind of thinking right let's just let's just uh, play ahead and do it and use things like Streamyard for what we're using just now or uh, was there a little bit of an adjustment period uh, to to figure out what you're going to do next luckily we had had some christian bale's batman would be amazing uh <laughs> totally spider-man but uh there was we'd we'd done shows remotely before you know because uh we'd done the weekly release all the time in the studio but there was some stuff we did periodically recording uh wrestling in particular so we had dabbled in it before we had actually done it our first remote recording was during the beast from the east we did a remote recording during that because we couldn't get to the studio because it was absolutely, you know, snowed like hell. So just didn't fall. So we kind of knew what we were getting into in terms of how to work it, in terms of the, the software and that stuff. But I think the first three or so months or so of it in particular, I think there was a bit of internal kind of fatigue with the whole aspect of it because I think going into why are these two having a conversation? Text each other. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I think there's a whole. I think going to the studio was a bit different because you're there once a week. You would get in, you would see people, you'd be out with your environment, and you were in that closed space and you were talking to it. But it was great because you kind of the reactions were so great because you were all in the one room. Granted, you can see everybody via the Zoom and the Skype, but it was to begin with it was just not the same, and everybody was just stuck in the one room all the time. So to then go to a computer and still talk. You were still in the one place. It was just, I feel like, a bit meh. But I think the more other parts of the world grew, I think we eventually grew into it. And I think we kind of found the niche again. It was it was, it was, was quite, in terms of working the software, the, the systems, it was definitely an easy transition. But I think mentally and uh, morale-wise, it was a tough time because... People will still say this now. I mean, people miss being in the studios, but it's a hard one because in the time since then, you know, people's work arrangements have changed. People who were working in the town aren't working in the town anymore. It's just much difficult, more difficult now for people to get in. And of course, we have expanded with the likes of yourself up in Elgin. We've got Tom down in England. You know, it's just not feasible all the time. It just works better for everybody, I think, now, sadly. Uh, absolutely. I mean, the only downside then is, is just equipment and. Uh internet connections and all that jazz which is oh we've had uh, some horrendous internet connections oh, I mean, I've, I've had some episodes where i've i've i literally uh, luke ross being an episode that comes to mind recorded for about an hour 
and by the time I chopped out all the bits that we couldn't use because of internet connections, it uh, ended with 40 minutes. <gasps> and yeah, it was... Uh, so Andy, Andy's a fan of uh, the Bring Back Studio Sessions, but no, I've... I've like that's why I started the podcast anyway because I'm I'm up in Elgin, so I'm not like I'm going to be able to go to Spoons and and uh, interview Stevie Boy, for example, because that's just not feasible and able to do. But Zoom is I can just do that and then and then I can speak to people and this is my this is my social interaction with people. Uh, so that's that's the that's the best thing about it. But um, getting to join you guys that that's that was the other thing as well because then got more people to speak to about wrestling and I, I don't have to deal with any of the recording or editing or not that I edit much anyway oh, but yeah. it's just wonderful <laughs> you, need, you need a few people who can do it I mean I can do it you know Scott can do it Quacko can do it Ryan when he ever he's free he's not free always a busy guy with his radio stuff he can do a lot of stuff Chris is the same I've got guys that can do it you know that's like that's the handy thing about it there's a bit of a jack of all trade nature and everybody, everybody can do one thing which is good mm-hmm. you know which is I think it's handy um, so yeah, so we've really we've really covered a lot of of the four years. But is there any particular episodes I mean, you have mentioned episodes, of course, that uh, have had moments that, that you thought of? But is there any particular ones? See if someone's come onto the SWN Facebook page and sees this and going, I've never listened to the SSR. Uh, what's an episode that comes to mind that gives you a good slice of what the SSR offers? I would recommend. I mentioned it briefly earlier on the greatest takeover shows uh, show, <laughs> takeover matches show is a particularly good one. I was quite proud of that one. That was a bit more, we kind of, I did it in a really funny way. I kind of told everybody, right, there's 25 takeovers at that point. Everybody pick a match from each takeover. And then I, I picked the most selected match from each of the takeovers and then said, right, rank these matches. And then do them best dressed in ESSR is oh that's a question <laughs> who's the best uh I would say Gary when he's in his watch stuff he's a very smart dude the Kernhins I would give I'll give the Kernhins to that one I'm going to be very very brutal on that one sorry guys uh worst dressed is probably me I'm terrible dressed uh yeah we did a very good season we've done three great episodes on glow season one two and three I hosted one I did it a bit differently I kind of took the wrestling elements of it and then kind of worked with it. And then David Campbell hosts the next two. He does it a very much film TV critique very way. His two ones are much better than mine. I'm not going to blow his trumpet too much. His ones are really good. Um, did, um, we have done it. There's a lot of stuff in there. Debating Chamber, the first ever Debating Chamber. Go back and watch that. Go back and listen to that. It is a debate in the form of an elimination chamber. Two people start. You were suave. You were suave, but you were too much Adidas quacker. That's your problem. Uh, um, yeah, so two people start, and then every five minutes, somebody comes in and joins one half of the debate. You don't know what side of the debate you're joining. It's that. It's 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 quite tense in the studio. Uh, what it was when we were in the studio, but it was just like lots of um, informative debates. The first one in particular is really good. We argue. If John Cena buried the Nexus, one of the one of the ones we did. So, and we also argue if Jinder Mahal was a good WWE champion. So there's some interesting ones there. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones we did. Uh, quizzes are always really good. I always recommend our quizzes. Uh, we did a Vista Christmas special. There's one as well. <laughs> if you're really the niche stuff, that is it's actually a really good episode. To be fair, the guys take the mic out a wee bit, but it's great. 
Uh, in recent times, we've done a lot of look backs at what is wrestling exactly, sir. Uh, and um, yeah, we've done a lot of reviews of past pay per views, good and bad pay per views, which I think is great as well. Uh, two ones in particular that would stand out you get a good one, uh, Backlash 2016 we did recently, and a bad one, not a bad, not a bad listen, a bad pay per view, uh, King of the Ring 96. So there's a bit of everything, I think, in there. Uh, but we've also uh, the draft stuff as well. I think we've done. We recently celebrated 100 episodes of the draft show. It's Saturday Draft Live. It's different. It's analytical. It's um, yeah, the banter is good. Um, it's very well, very well hosted as well. That one. We've, I'm trying to. I, I, I don't want to under to other hot shows as well. If you really like New Japan stuff, I've got a New Japan show as well. East meets West with Scott and Grant, and a new show too. There's, we have something for everybody. Billy, I think it's a fair as you both have known. There is loads, but in terms of the feature show, there's just some of the ones there that stand out to me. And there's a fantastic interview with Alan Smith from Discovery Wrestling that went up uh, not long ago that I think everyone should go check out. It's, it's the the host is it's got a very uh, very sultry voice, which I think everyone will enjoy. <laughs> uh, so, as far as podcasts though, um, uh, Sarah, leave with an ECW December to remember. If there's a space, get me in that one. I want to. I want to speak about December to December. Um, I'm all in for that. Uh, so Andy, Andy Mitchell, uh, was the most starstruck you've been during interview with the wrestler. We've answered that one. Uh, I'm afraid already. So you have to rewatch this again. I'm not going to tell you when it was. You have to watch the whole uh, hour and a half at this point to find out the answer uh, for that. As far as other podcasts go, uh, 18 seconds. Is this part of a conversation that we are not part of? No, I think he's talking. I think he's talking about the best radio opener show where he said Sheamus and Daniel Bryan was the best one. I think he's that's what he's talking about. Ah, okay, fair that's enough. That's that's fine. I thought that was just a, a comment on something no. totally different. Uh, so, um, as far as other podcasts go, so is there any particular podcast that you listen to that you think may influence what you produce or what you suggest or what the team suggests? Maybe they listen to. I don't know. Of course, you already mentioned uh, Jericho's wonderful adverts, which come out of nowhere. Uh, but is there any particular ones that you listen to and go, oh, I could probably bring something like that to ESSR? I try to listen to a bit of everything. I mean, sometimes it's quite hard to catch up on all the podcasts that you've got there. Um, uh, I, I listen to yourself, Billy, I'm going to lie. I, I, I do listen to Thank some of your stuff there. Uh, I've recently listened to quite a lot of Fightful stuff. Uh, I've subscribed to their Patreon recently. They... Good for breaking for a used side of things, I think. Um, what stuff did I used? To, I used to listen to a lot more than I did than I, than I do now. Uh, uh, I listen to the. I don't listen to. I listen to a non wrestling when I listen to the official Rangers one, which will annoy some people. But uh, that's when I particularly they have got a good roundtable discussion type aspect to it. Um, what stuff did I used to listen to? I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Uh, oh, I listen to a lot of the official ones as well. I, Conrad Thompson stuff. He's a you can't not the, listen dabble in his, his stuff. Jarrett one is amazing. I, I don't like I don't particularly like listening to Conrad Thompson, but the Jarrett one is just yeah. phenomenal. The Pritchard stuff, the early Pritchard stuff was very good for it for that type of stuff. The Jarrett one surpassed it in a good way, I think, as well. Um, what stuff? Uh, I quite like. I listen quite a lot to the AW unrestricted one now as well. 
I'll try and listen. I'll, listen, uh, I'll dabble in a lot of stuff, to be fair. A lot of the, the UK stuff I'll dabble in as well. There's a few of them. Depends on the subject. You know, British Wrestling Experience, the Grapple Podcast. That Grapple Podcast, they podcast for about three hours straight. That's that's, that's an effort. I don't, I don't know nah. how they do that. I don't know how they manage we, with that. We won't be doing that, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no. But I, 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 just, I try to dabble in everything. I, I always try to pay attention to everything that's going on in terms of the people tweeting stuff, people social and stuff, people putting out. If something's there, I'll kind of dabble in it. I don't try, I try not to rule something out completely because uh, I think it's a bit naive to kind of completely rule something out unless you do listen to it and it's really, really bad. But I'm not mm. going to say anybody's really, really bad because I can't think of anything like that. But I will always try and dabble in once to, if I think, if I see something like that, I'll give that a listen to and I quite see the, the dynamic of it. But I feel like a lot of, like, a lot of guys kind of have the free person max maybe four person max dynamic i think in terms of our stuff we're one of the very few that'll dabble in like a six eight dynamic mm-hmm. which is tough to do and i think if him there wants to try and listen to some of the stuff there because that's that's something but i will always listen to the podcast we're on just to kind of see other have well ones that i'm not on that we produce to just try and get an idea i quite like listening to hosts and their kind of hosting technique just to try and get an idea of how they do things if they do think I actually listened to some of my old stuff that I did and I thought I like I quite like how I used to host it, not how I do now. I've not hosted a show since then, so I might try and pull back in from my old way, which is quite good as well. Um so I mean like, like we're not as I said, we're not gonna be here for three hours, but I think we've we've covered a lot of the four years of ESSR and we've talked about the great moments. Uh, because I'm hosting, I'm gonna ask you my two stupid questions that I ask everyone oh, because I think that's only fair. Uh, so the first one we ask everyone for those that are unaware that are on they're watching through the ESSR feed uh, I asked two questions to all of our guests on the SWM podcast and uh, they're not wrestling related at all uh, they've somehow just entered into a regular one one we've already kind of half mentioned but they're just silly questions so the first one is what's your favorite dinosaur uh stegosaurus <laughs> I don't know why. It's, 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 a, it's a classic choice. Uh, and recently I put my, my list of top 100 dinosaurs uh, up on the SWN website. Uh, it is an awful list oh. that I've missed out so many from, uh, but it was difficult enough to get I should, have put, I should have put my Jurassic Park t-shirt on, Billy. I might have made you quite happy. <laughs> no, I recently got a little, I don't know if you collect, oh, you do collect the pop figures. I got, used to got Dino, Dino Pool. Uh, yesterday or a couple of days ago, and I was like, I had, to, I had to get that one. It's a dinosaur, and it's the pool. It's definitely going in, in the you old can, background you see, here. You can kind of see Deadpool up there. I don't know if you can kind of faintly see him. I know I've got, I've got too many. Now. I've got one up there, Dino Pool. I've got a little Mariachi one there. I've got the little st- uh, stress ball as well. Uh, I, I got tattoos, uh, and oh, just a bit obsessed with the uh, Deadpool. Oh yeah, I, I love the Deadpool stuff. In terms of Funkos, the recent one I got was a Dwight Dwight Schrute one. I got him uh, the other day. I'm a big office fan. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, I never. I, that was one of the things I kind of watched from this pandemic because I didn't really get. I, I was. I was like, oh, the British one's better, and then I watched the the no. US one. And once you got past when they were remaking the British one, and it was just yeah. them. Se- season, it, two, season, season two onwards. Season one. Yeah. Season one's terrible. <laughs> I, I I got it. I got the 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 hype for it now. Uh, so is there anyone on any future plans for ESSR that you want to divulge on this, this particular special episode or uh, yeah, we'll start with that one. Any future plans that you want to kind of give away to, to people that are watching this? Uh, I can tell some of the stuff that's coming up in this year. We've got in terms of you stuff launching, we're considering 
launching some new stuff on the YouTube feed. Um, we might be seeing some old stuff from the old extra feed days coming back on the YouTube stuff. I don't want to reveal too much about it because it's not been recorded yet, but there could be some stuff there. The YouTube, see, we are looking potentially at expanding some of the YouTube stuff if we've got time internally for it, but that's been discussed. In terms of shows that we're going to be doing, I mentioned that the Debating Chamber show is coming back uh, next month. So that's definitely something worth listening to. In terms of the show, we've got our schedule filled for, for the rest of 2021. So as Sarah said, she is leading the December to Dismember show that's coming up. Um, we've also got, I mean, I'm going to, I'll, I'll say the shows we've got coming up. We've got a, a Takeover Toronto look back, the first one. We've got, a, well, we've done a bullet called pro, uh, Profile. Um, we've got a look up of Brody Lee show coming up soon. Uh, yeah, we oh, sorry, we did the bullet coming. Uh, we've also got a Best Wrestle Kingdom matches show coming up soon as well. So, a lot of stuff on that coming in the feature show. Um, trying to think what else, dude. Nothing too much. Obviously, uh, we've got the drafts finishing at the end of. Yeah, I'll ask one thing. I'll say, um, the latest season of the draft finishes after Survivor Series. If you like, if you're on the SWN, if you've never heard of it, you want to take part in a wrestling draft. The U season launches after Survivor Series, so that's something I definitely recommend anybody getting involved in, winner gets a chance to join the main league and compete with the big boys. I say the big boys, not particularly, not the biggest one, but anyway, in that one. Um, we are looking also to start doing more interviews again. I have put some inquiries out. Uh, I've got some ones come back to me. I've got some ones in the pipeline. Nothing's been recorded yet, so I don't want to say names, because as you know from experience, Billy, if you say the name, that will jinx it. Yes. Before yeah. the recording is went down. So that's something we've definitely got planned in there. Uh, but I think it's we're not planning too much because, as you know, real life's opening up again. As mm -hmm. For the last three months, a lot of people are doing stuff and there's a lot of big plans going. Me personally, I'm getting married in July, so I don't I overstretch myself because uh, I know I will if I do plan too much. I have done in the past. So, But I definitely keep an eye out. There's some fun shows being lined up, fun concepts. Quiz showdowns being planned through till May. We've got a show. Everyone's coming up till May. And the next one, the next one, Sarah's hosting on pop culture in the nineties and two thousands, which will be fun. Uh, I think some of the ones recently we've done the non wrestling have been quite fun. Uh, it's a chance Scott might lose if it's not in wrestling, which is good to hear. That, that's that's why I, I I was like if I can make it I am making that one because that's that's maybe the only chance I'll have at winning one of these oh, things. <laughs> oh my God, we're back again. It's called, which is a bit of a nineties reference. Um, you know, went into that type of stuff here. So yeah, I definitely we're on YouTube and we're on all good podcast feeds. If you've never actually listened, if you've never actually heard of us for the first time, this is the first time you've been doing it. We're all we're on everything. You know, so just search for us. There's loads of stuff. As I mentioned, we have been doing feature shows for four years and we do we put out three shows a week at least so uh, it's quite a lot there um so as we're, as we're kind of wrapping up i realize i only asked one of my stupid questions the other one is what would win a fight two sheep or one cow oh what did i say at the time i think i went with i think i went with the cow i think i went with the cow at the time i can't remember what I, 
let's say at the time. It was a very it was a very fierce debate at the time of who was winning the two sheet one count. So yeah, if anyone wants to find out what Stephen's actual answer is, go back in, into the archives and find uh, his chat with with. Uh, uh, with, I think they call himself the Ronin now, but it would have been Luke King Sharp and Craig at the time. Um, go back and listen to that. Uh, so yeah, as we're as we're wrapping up, uh, I think I think we've 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 covered everything. People will be sick of hearing my voice by now, I'm sure. Uh, we'll go for just fancy booking a little bit. If you could if you could talk to anyone in ESSR, you bring them in either on a panel or on, as an interview. Who would it be? We'll get get it manifest it. We'll get out into the ether. If I had to interview anybody, I would choose. Oh, it's a tough one. I would either interview Stone Cold Steve Austin because he's multi idol, or CM Punk because the stories he could tell were unbelievable. I think he would absolutely have me. He blocked the podcast on Twitter, Mister Punk, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so I don't particularly. It was either just before or just after we did a profile show on him. So I have no idea if he listened to it or not. I think we were quite complimentary. <laughs> So yeah, I don't think that was gonna happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, those weird, weird, weird things. Well, sorry, I'll tag him this. I'm sure you'll be able to. You'll block me too. Uh, <laughs> so that has been the celebration of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Four years of shows. There's hundreds of things, hundreds of hours of content you can go listen to right now on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Uh, you can find them at Twitter at Suplex Retweet. You can go to their website, eatsleepsuplexretweet.com. I'll even ask you how you came up with the name. So this is a, a great oh, way to how, round how, up. So. Oh, how, did, how did I come up with the name? Um, it was around about the time that Brock was doing his Eat Sleep Conquer Repeat thing. And I not eat sleep. I so I was yeah. then, then he did the eat sleep suplex repeat one with it, and I, I quite liked it. And I was initially actually just going to use that, and then somebody came at me, "Why don't you do the retweet?" I'm like, "Yeah, actually, I'm going to do that." And I don't know how relevant it currently still is, but it's it's hilarious when you get when we get guys on media calls and you get people trying to read the name out in the from America. It's someone from Eat Sleep. Suplex retweet. It's like emphasis on the gaps in the words that they always comment. It's like eat sleep. It's like I, I don't. We used to. I get the Twitter handle used to be really complicated. It used to be E S S retweet. It was such a nightmare. I don't know why I never just went suplex retweet to begin with. But I, I used to try and read out the first few shows. Please follow us on Twitter. E S S E S R retweet. It's just so bad. I know, I'm thinking of changing mind, but I've got I've gotten this far with at Scott Resnet, and I think it just sounds absolutely wanky because I don't like I don't like the term Brit Res, and now I've got uh, a, yeah, a handle that's so similar that's. But I've I've gotten this. Like I said, I've gotten this far with it that I'm just like I can't uh, change it now. I'm, I'm, anytime I have a think about it, I was like, no, it's just, it's, it's catchy. We've got we've got we've got a logo. It fits well. Everything works. You know, it's, I just don't change. Everything's perfect for that. I've been I've been asked at times, why don't you change it to something else? And I'm just like, because it sticks and it's unique. People people know who you are, and it's rest. People can't question it's not wrestling. It's good. Suplex, suplex, it? exactly. Um, so I'm going to do a wrap up again. So <laughs> I've been joined by Stephen Wilson from Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, and you can go follow them on everywhere: uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Twitch, probably TikTok. I don't know. Yeah, we, do, we, we do have a Twitch. We just don't use it. We don't have a TikTok yet. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, TikTok. That's the future. Uh, at Suplex Retweet, and like I say, you go to the website eatsleepsuplexretweet.com. Uh, I have been your host of the show. Uh, if, if 
if you don't know who I am, I've, I've got merch. I've, I, can, I always got the wrong logo. I was squeezing my own breast. Uh, you can go visit us, SWN Scottish Wrestling Network, which website swnscotland.com. You can follow me at Scott Resnet. I have lots of opinions about nothing in particularly important. Uh, but you can go check us out. But thank you for taking, thank you for chatting to me for this long about ESSR and just rubbish uh, yeah. in general. Yeah, thank you very much. And obviously, thank you to everybody in the team for their contributions over the four years. It wouldn't be Suplex Retreat without them. I couldn't do it myself. I know that for sure. So, yeah, thank you to all them. And thank you to everybody that's listening. And obviously, thank you to yourself, Billy. No bother at all. So, uh, that's, that's the show. Thank you very much. <laughs>